Hello, hello, hello again, and welcome to another episode of The Styles Files. As always, I am your host, Alan Styles, and thank you for listening. Apologies to everyone that expected to hear a show last week. I was on another mini vacation, as I like to call them, uh, trips that don't require a plane, and this trip was to beautiful South Lake Tahoe. So you know I'll be getting into that. You know, I went with the boys. Um, And we'll introduce a new segment called WYD, standing for what you doing or what you doing, depending on how it comes out of my mouth. And I'll give you some quick takes from the entertainment world. So first, my trip to Tahoe with the boys. Boys trip. Man, it was something else. You know, we hit the beach. We golfed. We hit the casino, and that was about it. You know, but sometimes that's what you need. Uh, Nothing crazy, no official plans. Just kick it, you know? Um, And big shout-out to my buddies for making it a great weekend. But, man, I mentioned that we did three things, right? And it was tough for me because two out of the three things I sucked at. And those two things were obviously golf and gambling. And it's tough, you know, um, golf is tough to suck at because not only is it a sport where all eyes are on you, but the ball isn't doing anything, right? Like you airball in basketball, maybe the person had good defense, you strike out in baseball, maybe the pitcher was just balling out that day. But golf, the ball is just staring at you waiting to be destroyed, and you just can't do it. Then you're out there for 18 holes, and every hole I'm like, okay, this is the hole I figure it out. I say it again and again and again. I continue to whip out my driver and either hit a ground ball two feet or slice it to the great beyond. Then the other guys in the group start to feel bad, you know? They want to give you quick pointers, you know, like, hey, Al, Al, uh, you're, you're pulling your head off, man. Just just keep your head down. I'm like, thanks. Can I go find my ball first? It was just embarrassing, man. And I always feel extra pressure, like being black playing golf. I feel like I'm carrying the weight of the whole race in each swing, in each putt. And it's just too much pressure. I feel like people look at me and expect me to be extremely good or very, very bad. But as long as I do well in front of strangers, I'm good. I don't care if my friends see me suck. But when you're on hole one with a group waiting behind you, you know, I'm not kidding. That makes me more nervous than any baseball game I've ever played in or any job interview I've ever had. And then everyone, you know, wants to bet. Like golf is the only sport where everyone wants to bet every single damn time. I'm like, why don't we ever bet at stuff I'm actually good at? Y'all don't be betting when we play basketball or soccer or softball. But we get on the course and it's like automatic. All right, so what are we doing this round? I'm like, huh? What are we doing for what? You know, like what's the bet? Dude, I just spent $80 to play. I'm not trying to give away more money. Like I'm not trying to hustle myself. And people always try to play you too. You know, they're like, look, honestly, I'm not even that good. I get to play... I don't know, maybe once a week. 
I'm like, well, that's one more time than I get out a week. And I haven't golfed in a month. So what are we doing? Golf is also tough because I don't want to suck, but I also don't want to be broke. Like golfing is not cheap. Like sure, you can go to the driving range. But for me, you know, I'm like a batting practice hero at the driving range. And for those of you who don't know what that is, a batting practice hero or a BP hero, it's basically someone on your baseball team or softball team that looks like Ken Griffey Jr. during batting practice, but when the game actually starts, they can't do anything. So yeah, that's me at the driving range. Everything is fluid. I'm driving the ball straight. I whip out the irons. I'm hitting the little flags. I mean, I'm a baller out there. But then I get on a course, and I am a double bogey golfer at best. But honestly, that's the thing. I don't care if I'm a double bogey golfer. I care about how it looks and how I look. If I play double bogey golf, but don't hit any ground balls, no double play balls, or lose any balls, that's a win for me. But yeah, man, regardless of how I actually played, getting on the course in Tahoe was a great time. But let me tell you, that altitude is no friggin' joke. I mean, I'm walking to my ball, well, trying to find my ball in the bushes, and I'm like, damn, I am out of breath. You know, I'm famous to my friends because I bought one of those training masks that, you know, says that you're training at higher elevation. Like, put this on, you'll be at 700,000 feet. I mean, if I had worn that while in Tahoe, I probably would have passed out. But you know what? If I did pass out, maybe that would have prevented me from spending all the money that I did at the casino. It's ridiculous, man. And every time I go, I tell myself, okay, don't pass this limit. Don't pass that limit. Fast forward a day, and I'm on the phone with my bank, changing my money limit for how much I can take out in a day. So how this whole thing started is I played roulette a couple years back, um, but I was only playing the colors, you know, playing black or red. Then about a year in, I learned how to play the numbers, and it just opened my mind to a whole new world. You know, you can play the numbers straight up, you can split with two, you can play a quadrant and play four. The list goes on and on. Then I had one summer where I gambled twice once in Panama, and once in Vegas. During the Life is Beautiful Festival, and sidebar, that is one of the most underrated music festivals in the world, and I will be attending again, so hit me up if you go. But yeah, I gambled in those two places, and I won about $1,200 combined. And if you don't play roulette, trust me, that's a lot of money. So now I'm thinking... You know, I'm a beautiful mind, the roulette version, and I got it all figured out. You know, I read up on it. And basically, the theory is when you have the same person spinning the ball, most people spin it at the same speed. So the ball is always going to land near the same numbers, you know. So every time you bet, you bet the numbers close by and you're solid. The couple of times I won, I thought, this theory is flawless. I'm thinking, why doesn't everybody do this? That was two years ago. I haven't left a roulette table with money since. Same theory. It just wasn't happening for me and is not happening for me. You can only memorize so many numbers near the number that just hit. And even if you get them, it could still just hit somewhere else. 
But this weekend was the worst, man. And Tahoe lost their damn mind. They were charging $5 chips, which means, sure, you can win more, but you have less chips to spread around the table. And whenever I gave up on my favorite numbers, they would hit. Then I, sat, then I decided, you know what? I'm going to get a quick 100 back by betting on a color. Boom. I always bet black, you know? But earlier in the weekend, I did it, and it didn't hit. So now I'm talking to my buddy, you know, we're, we're looking at the screen, you know, we're trying to figure out what's it going to hit next. And he's like, you look, it's got to be red this time. Y'all know it hit black, right? So now I'm done. The game has forsaken me and I cannot forgive it. I also take gambling like so personal too. Like the people taking my money like legitimately don't like me. You know, I get really attached and really upset. My favorite number is four, so I always play it. I had just lost all my money <clears throat> on one of the nights, and the spinner decides to spin one more as we're leaving. You all know what I'm about to say. Four hit right on the nose. I gave her such a mean mug that she literally apologized to me. And then I felt bad because I made her feel bad. But yeah, man, I'm done gambling. Until life is beautiful in Vegas, that's when my luck will turn around. Just a little bit, though, because I always end up looking at myself, you know, when I go to the bathroom in the casino and thinking, what you doing, man? And that exactly leads me to this new segment, WYD, What You Doing? We're going to talk about what some people have done lately and simply ask, what you doing? So first, Jerry Jones. What you doing, man? Look, I don't even need to get into the actual anthem protest to ask this question because Jerry just told everyone um, his team will all stand for the anthem. No one will be in the locker room. And in the same week is seen at the Cowboys practice with his hat on during the national anthem. You can even see his son, Steven, mount to him to take his hat off. And he's just like, nah, bro, I'm cool off that. Now nah, I'm keeping my hat on. You know, it's too hot. You know, my, my hair is steaming up a little bit. I'm, I'm going to keep this hat right on. I mean, what are the two things that announcers say when they announce the anthem? Please rise and remove your hats. And I've actually seen people get really upset at other people for not taking off their hats. But I bet you those people don't mind that Jerry didn't. I mean, this is just the most typical do-as-I-say not as I do mentality that is just simply sickening. It was almost like a power move just because he knows that no one will say anything to him. But either way, what you doing, Jerry? Come on. Second, what you doing? So I'm in this co-ed basketball league, and um, co-ed basketball is very similar to softball in that it's not serious, until it's serious. You know, like everyone is joking around until it's the second half and the game is close. So my team is pretty good, you know. We're two and one, but you know, we're a good typical team. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're above average, just a little bit above average. So notice how I said two and one. Well, let me tell you about the one. Last week we played these guys and two of them go, at go about at least six, four and one of them 6'2". And one of the 6'4 guys, you know, 
comes in the gym with his shooting jersey on from college. You know, they're doing layup lines. He's swatting the girls on our team. I mean, we got absolutely destroyed. And it was apparent pretty early that we were outmatched. So you know me, when I have nothing else to go off of, I result to my mouth. So he got fouled, and he's on the free throw line, and I'm just letting him have it. You know, I'm yelling that he's in the wrong league. I'm making fun of them for playing a zone. So now, of course, it looks like I took it too far. You know, at least that's what everybody is thinking, or at least what I think they're thinking based on the looks I'm getting. But you know what? I don't care. You don't walk in with your shooting shirt on from college and ball out on a bunch of people that haven't played since high school if they even did play in high school. That's just weak to me, man. What you doing? They got leagues for that. They got leagues. And I'll tell him every single time. So, you know, we'll see him again if we get to the championship. But we're going to have something up their sleeve. You know what I mean? I'm going to round up some buddies uh, from the Y. And then let's see how he does. You know, I don't care if I don't even play. I'll be the coach. Since you didn't want to join a different league, we brought the different league to you, bruh. How about that? You're going to get dunked on at the Salvation Army Rec Center. How about that? But seriously, what you doing, man? And lastly, MLB teams are making trades. And of course, my beloved Giants are doing what they always do. Absolutely nothing. I mean, you're only five games back in the division. And I was watching a game a couple weeks ago. They did a flashback uh, to 2010. And that core was still there, Buster and Crawford, all those guys, man. I mean, they're not getting any younger. Doesn't seem like you plan on trading them. So what exactly is it that you are doing? I will never hate on the Giants because I watched them win not one, not two, but three World Series titles in my lifetime. But you also can't live in the past, you know, and it kind of seems like that's what they're doing. Um, the even magic thing is pretty much dead. You know, they got guys on their roster that are just there for nostalgic reasons. And as their roster is presently constructed, this will be another year they waste for the greatest catcher in baseball, Buster Posey. And that's right. I said greatest catcher in baseball. I know there's a Yadier Molina out there. I know there's some younger guys. Buster Posey is the most consistent and been the most underrated for a long time, but on this show, he gonna get his respect. We gonna put his some respect on his name, Buster Posey. Not to mention, they are wasting a tremendous year by Brandon Crawford. Sure, some of the new guys are showing promise, but we've been here before and we all know how this story will end. Definitely don't mind the cheaper tickets though. That's the only good thing about mediocrity, you know, And for all of us Giants fans, it's only a matter of time before the Dodgers finally figure it out. You know, we've been banking on them blowing it for far too long. They're getting close. Last year was really close. This year, they're going to be close again. They just got Manny Machado. We're still playing Pablo Sandoval. Giants, what you doing? But I know what I'm doing. I'm patiently awaiting the return of the fall sports and fall shows. But until then, here are some quick hitters from the entertainment world. 
Number one, if you're a fan of singing shows like The Voice or American Idol, the show The Four is finishing its second season, and I got to say, I think it's way better than any of those. First of all, people love The Voice, but no one from The Voice has ever done anything. Like, somebody tweet at me, at A Styles A-S-T-I-L-E-Z, and tell me about someone who has blown up from The Voice, because I can't think of literally anybody. American Idol is just corny. I tried to give it another chance um, this last go-round, and let's just say everybody that was in the top five looked very similar, as in non-minorities and had blonde hair and blue eyes. So, you know, I kind of think American Idol is shifting in a different direction, if you will. But basically, The Four is a singing show where four top up-and-coming artists try to hold their spot as they are challenged by other people every week. Then, in the finale, the four that are left battle each other, and the winner gets a record label, all that good stuff. Now the hosts are Megan Trainer, DJ Khaled, and Diddy. And if you think that sounds outrageous... You are completely 100% correct. DJ Khaled talks in tangents. You know, we just here. We just here. Because we the best. Father of Assad. We're like, dude, they just asked you who sang better that last round. Like, what are you talking about? It's a vibe. Another one. It's like, another what? You didn't answer the first question. How could there be another one? And, you know, and then Diddy speaks like everything is the most important sentence ever spoken you know oh i forgot to tell you fergie is the host so she's like diddy what did you think about the last performance and diddy's like you know when i first saw biggie and then the crowd just every time he says that the crowd ah, you know when i first saw biggie it was special it's bad boy baby when i look at you can't stop you look won't stop Special. <laughs> and then, like, the contestant just starts crying immediately. Just, just, you know, just bawling. And he literally said nothing. And then Megan Trainer says her piece, you know, but is sure to make fun of herself so no one else does. You know, everybody, obviously, every time she speaks, everyone's like, look, you can't sing, like, half of these people on the show. So she just says that, you know what I mean? She's like, you know, I love what you do with your voice, and I wish I could hit those notes because I can't. I'm just all about that bass. It's like... We know, Megan, we know, you know? But look, all that aside, you get some drinks going, it all becomes pretty darn funny. And all in all, I think it's a great show. I've seen some of the best. And I think that's what's cool about it. A lot of these people aren't, um, they're, they're, you know, they're not novices. They've gotten a record label or a record deal and gotten dropped. You know what I mean? Like had a song, but it just didn't follow up. Like these, you know, been backup singers. Like these people are legit. And I think that's what makes it uh, so unique um, compared to the other shows like it. Number two, LeBron opening the the I Promise School in Akron, Ohio for at-risk youth is just a beautiful thing, man. You know, whether you're a fan of him or not, um, if you don't love this, there's just something wrong with you. And for everyone, you know, that is saying every athlete should do this, look, who knows what you would do, you know, if you had millions of dollars? 
It's easy to say that when it's not your money. And because of that, it makes what LeBron is doing so unique, you know, because there are a lot of people that have that amount of money and aren't doing it, you know, but I don't like to be one of these people that don't have that amount of money and try to control other people's like, why, why, why aren't other people doing that? You know, it's like, just focus on who is doing that. You know, if these people don't feel inclined to do it, that's on them. It's their money. They, they worked hard for that money. You know, LeBron is doing it. Let's just enjoy, you know, how beautiful it is to see somebody of his stature in a sports world, you know, in a position of power, you know, uh, using it for the greater good and just leave it at that. And number three. So earlier in the week, it came out that the Nationals were gauging en- interest for Bryce Harper. The Nationals, as far as the team, responded by beating the Mets 25 to 4. 25 to 4. We've seen football games that don't get that high. So if the owner's plan was to light a fire, you know, under them, it seems like it has worked, at least for now. Let's see if it continues. And speaking of 25, I think that's just about how many points my team scored against an ex-college player. Damn, that game still pissed me off. But that's all the time I got for y'all today. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and follow me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at A-Styles, A-S-T-I-L-E-Z. And until next time, be safe, be well, be wise. Peace.